Guardian. Eyes up, Guardian. Welcome to In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to destiny in this community. Today's show, episode 22, that balance though, when Bungie gets crazy with loot and shoot. And here's your host, Jorge Vigula. Hey guys, and welcome to the show. So t- with me, we got David Schnoes, we got Alan Escalante, and we also have Patrick McDermott. On today's show, the spring update is coming on April 12th with new PvE content and PvP slash PvE tuning. Bungie's new creative leave leaves the company after 13 years, and our favorite moments from our time with Destiny from the Alpha and Beta. We also have questions to you from our fans in our segment, Messages from the Reef. But before we go into the show, one of our clanmates, Jamie Broom, is raising money for the British Heart Foundation. It is a cause close to his heart, and I would like to invite anyone listening to donate anything they can to the cause. We'll include the link in the show notes, but the website to donate is www.justgiving.com slash Jamie, that's spelled J-A-M-I-E dash Broom, B-R-O-O-M-E. Um, and we thank Jamie for his commitment to the clan, and we hope anyone who's listening can help him out with his commitments to this great cause. Again, that website is www.justgiving.com slash Jamie, spelled J-A-M-I-E dash B-R-O-O-M-E. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Part one, we're going to be talking about the sandbox update details. And David, I'll go ahead and let you uh, lead the, uh, the way. Let's talk about the auto rifles. All right, so auto rifles. Uh, the high rate of fire auto rifles, this is coming straight from the website, have been leading the pack in terms of competitive viability. Low rate of fire auto rifles are slightly behind their faster firing brethren. We're tipping the scales ever so slightly on these weapons to try and create more options. Their goals were to get them all kind of even. Changes they did, low rate of fire auto rifles, such as the Suros Regime, Entering Cord, Anguish of Distant. They are 2.3% increase in base damage, and then the high rate of fires, which is our beloved Doctrine and Arminius D, (laughs) 2.5% reduction in base damage. And then they also added improvement to hip fire final accuracy, which is a pretty cool little thing. I'm glad they added there. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Everybody's favorite bad boy is definitely going to make a comeback. I'm letting you know right now. Suros is going to be as prevalent as Mida is right now. There's just no yep. way about, uh, around it. The fact that they're getting a 2.3 base increase in, in damage. Think about this. The focus fire already does 33 to 34 per head shot. All right? A 2.3 increase in damage might increase it maybe a one or two ticks. But over the course of, you know, focus firing, you're going to take down that guy mm-hmm. at a pretty, you know, good distance because... In addition to this, Suros is also going to get a range increase. So we're talking at almost 
scout rifle range with regards to the Soros regime. Well, th there's one thing <laughs> with the Soros is um, it's it's basically I think it was Planet Destiny figured this out with the new updates. Its range stat will be maxed. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they said it on stream. Yeah. yeah right. And on the stream, it was hitting 35s to the head. Yeah. Which it was insane with that fire rate. That's that's gonna be nuts. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm already, I've already called it, dude. Soros regime is back. It's, it's not even close. Uh, I, I am glad to see because I've been talking about this for a while now that the low rate of fire uh, auto rifles just were not a competitive weapon. Um, and I'm glad to see that the lower rate of fires are going to come back in a good way because, let's face it, uh, those high rate of fire auto rifles, man, were they just melting people from a good distance. Um, I'm okay with it for the most part. I just, I'm afraid that Suros might be in that territory approaching where it was in year one in vanilla, where it was just obliterating the, the competition, not even close. Uh, uh, yeah. See, Seems like I, I disagree with you there. And I think from watching on the stream, it wasn't like, you, you can't judge something based off that. You're ever, of course, everybody's going to have to use it and figure it out. But I honestly think where they've put Soros is going to be kind of where Mida is now, where yeah. it's basically like if you use it and you're good with it, it'll be a very, very strong weapon. But it's not something everybody can just pick up and instantly destroy people like you could with your one thorn. Right. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, you could pick up the Doctrine um, and pretty much melt anybody in Crucible, but Soros took a little bit more skill, which yeah, would be the, a uh, nice... Yeah, because the slow rate of fire. Yeah. Yeah, It'd be a nice you change. You gotta land those shots because if you miss one or two of those shots, then you're uh, you're in pretty deep shit. Yeah, so uh, let's also uh, just jump into it. Uh, pulse rifles, go ahead, David. All right, so pulse rifles. Their statement that they put down is: as with auto rifles, the lowest rate of fire pulse rifles aren't quite as effective as the faster firing models. The damage increase here doesn't reduce bursts to kill against high armored players in PvP. But it will provide more damage per burst, which will help when team shooting and getting cleanup kills. The changes are simply low rate of fire, such as the Messenger, Spare Change, and Limited D, a 3% increase from previous damage. And I would just like to say that on the stream, it looked like it was actually pretty consistently two-tapping when he was playing against those Warlocks. Yeah. Well, he was actually pretty good with it, so mm -hmm. I'm guessing it just depends on player skill. Yeah, uh, thankfully I kept my spare change. Um, the one with I yeah, I usually don't keep, uh, don't keep spare, <laughs> spare change. I I can't remember what it had. I I'm almost positive it had um, head seeker and uh, outlaw on it. So Oof. that's oh, a nice God. roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I I'm I'm already letting you guys know right now. Level up that gunsmith. Get the Ludmilla D. If you see Ludmilla D. Try and pick it up because it's going to be as effective as Messenger was in year one. Um, spare change, you get that drop. You get a very good drop on spare change. And what, what I'm interested in seeing is, yes, this is going to be cool in PvP. I'm, I'm interested to see how effective it's going to be in PvE. Because I was always pretty much a, a, a heavy scout rifle user in PvE. But... If this is the case where the lower rate of fire ones are going to become more competitive and they're getting a 3% increase in previous base damage and we know how Bungie likes to make everything the same across the board on both PvE and PvP, 
I think this will be a fun gun to use, especially on Minotaurs and Captains when you take down their shield. Definitely. All right. I'm using the raid pulse rifle. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, the raid pulse rifle. Oh my god, with Firefly, curse splat. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> it's my favorite gun. <laughs> I don't think that one's technically a low rate of fire, though, is it? I thought it was a medium rate of fire. I sure. would have to check. I, I'm, I, I, you might be right because they only mentioned these three right here. Mm -hmm. Um, so they would have mentioned kind of like what they did for the low rate of fire with with the anguish of Dristan. They would have mentioned it, but I mean, it, it's still a very, very good pulse rifle. But these these ones right here, these are going to be deadly as hell. So make sure you get that Ludmilla if you see the gunsmith mm -hmm. rolling around. They see me rolling, they hating. <laughs> Wait, is the trials uh the trials pulse rifle still low rate of fire? That's a medium rate of fire. Oh, okay. Just one. Yep. So David, go ahead and go to your favorite babies. <laughs> Alright, so they say on the website, hand cannons are running lean on ammo inventory during PvP streaks and lengthy PvE encounters. We are increasing their ammo inventory amounts by a bit to not leave you scrounging for white bricks too often, but not so much that you don't need to worry about making shots count. Only change is increased ammo inventory for all hand cannons. Yeah, I personally was scratching my head on this one. Cause well, yeah, they didn't. Here's the thing. And this is this is kind of a biased opinion. Like, I love hand cannons. You know I love hand cannons. I use them all the time. So, and I'm also, like, a, I'm a really good player with them. So it's kind of a different perspective, but... A lot of the community wanted accuracy to be touched, which I agree accuracy need to be touched on certain ones, such as Hawkmoon, which has that hardcore RNG shot. But they did increase range on Hawkmoon, which will improve accuracy. Oh, the hand cannons, actually, if you use them a lot, you can play really good with them with a good roll. Like this past Iron Banner, I got a um, Finalis Peril. And it has, it's, I think it's uh, Rifled Barrel, Luck in the chamber and surrounded, which which isn't like an amazing roll, but it two taps people as soon as the luck in the chamber perks or procs. So, and its its accuracy is great. It's got great handling and stuff. So if you find the right hand cannon, they're still really deadly. I'm hitting three KDs consistently with that thing. So I understand where Bungie is coming from, not adding accuracy because if they did, they would potentially be pushing hand cannons above and beyond everything else again. Mm -hmm. Did they do something to the luck in the chamber? Because I feel like every time I get killed by a Hawkmoon, it's two taps. And it's just it's, to the point where I get so frustrated, I'll just go find one of the hand cannons I have in my inventory and just start using it. Well, there's this thing about using luck in the chamber where it has that sound where you can hear if it goes off. Yeah, like a ch ching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so basically what people will do is if they shoot and they hear one or two luck in the chambers with a Hawkmoon, they reload. If they shoot a few bullets and they don't hear one, they don't reload. So basically you're running into these situations where people always have knowledge of when their luck in the chamber is going to proc, basically. Mm -hmm. At least if they're smart players, so they can make it so that will to tap more consistently. Combined with... Um, it seems to me, I don't, I don't know why, this may just be like my perspective... But it really seems like Luck in the Chamber likes to proc in those first two shots a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure what the the percentage is for um, for Hawkmoon, but 
I have seen a lot of people like fire their their hawk moons just to get a couple of shots off because it, it, you have what when it's maxed out all the perks you have 13 bullets right so if you fire three shots and don't hear it three out of ten shots have a have a chance of being um a uh what is it luck in the chamber oh god oh god that that's that's very <laughs> good that's a very good uh, number to have behind you when you can fire it pretty quickly. So, I mean, you're just going to take two, two taps almost all the time. It's ridiculous. But my, my, my beef with it actually wasn't so much in range or accuracy, because that I'm actually okay with. I, as, as, weird as, it, as weird as it sounds, I am glad that they kind of have it like this, because it reinforces what the goal of the hand cannon is. Optimal at close to medium range. My beef is, there's a lot of these hand cannons that only roll around with five to seven bullets. I was hoping that they would buff it up like one or two more bullets because, mm-hmm. yes, the exotics are fine where they're at because of their perks. But these legendary hand cannons having to constantly reload, 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 th- there has to be a little bit more, you know, give there because it's sometimes, I mean, when I, when I st- started remaking my character on Xbox One, I was rolling around with a handgun with five bullets. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That was tough for, for a little bit. Well, part of the problem from that comes with Bungie. They won't do things separate in PvP and PvE, which they have good reasons to not do them separate. But if you think about it, in PvP, eight bullets on a legendary hand cannon is a good amount. Because that means if you're hitting your shots, you'll get three kills. If you're not hitting your shots, you'll get like one kill in a clip. And then you'll have to reload. But in PvE, it really hurts you because if you're taking on like a knight or like a centurion or or any yellow bard thing, you've got to reload before you even kill the thing. Right. Yeah. All right. The best Let's get part. To Jorge's little baby. The best part. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. oh. Talk about it, David. Talk to me now. Um, oh I'm kind of afraid to read it now. All right, so Jorge's baby's the fusion rifles. Oh. The changes made in the last <laughs> batch were somewhat more in depth with than a blanket stability reduction, changing the ADS hip bolt spread paradigm as well as charge rate damage trade offs. Rather than continue to play with nuisance, this it time was. we're just going to do a blanket was. stability improvement, and they really did a blanket stability improvement. Fusion <laughs> rifles, yeah. Fusion rifles are more stable across the board. The maximum stability for a fusion rifle has not changed much, but the baseline minimum stability is much stronger. 40% oh. recoil oh, reduction day. with a linear rifle going to be insane. They're going to be able to kill people from across the map. They also fixed the bug where some outlying fusion rifle scopes had unintended to increase. Hey, uh, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in my request right now. <laughs> that we're playing trials on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Fusion rifles in that stream looked insane. <laughs> yep. Everyone's gonna be rolling with the season. No, but oh my but, god. But but David saw the when we were doing trials that one one week when it was on uh oh what was it? It was Asylum. No, no, not an asylum. It was it was your your baby, your favorite map. My favorite map. When we Rusted Lands? Yeah, no, not Rusted Lands. What are you talking about? I like Rusted Burning Lands. Trend? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Oh, Widow's Court? Yeah. When we were going mm. up against that team that was in the top 100, and mm. I, 
and I got him one, two, three, oh but with, from a ridiculous dis- distance. They were trying to snipe him, and he was like, "Let me just shut you down." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's gonna get even better because my hitchhiker. Let me tell you. The one thing that's always killed the hitchhiker was the stability. I'm already used to the low charge rate of fire. I'll just come around the corner as I'm holding holding up. Hasta la vista. And this is going to make it even better because I'm, I'm, it's going to just... Oh, oh. Oh, oh, I have a moment. I, okay, okay, I'm good. Okay. The thing is, uh, it will take time for fusion rifles to bloom because a lot of people don't know how to use them effectively. And mm-hmm. people will want to. A lot of people, I guarantee you, will give up because they, they'll still have a learning curve. It's not just going to be they're instantly magically good because they got this ability buff. Fusion mm-hmm. rifles is a lot of knowing when to charge and when to play with them. Yeah. And... But they're going to use the fusion rifle since freaking year one. If, oh, if you know how to use them, if you know how to use them right now, they're basically they're one good. of the best side side choices, secondary ammo. But but then there's sidearms with and this. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm pretty oh. sure the last time I used one was uh, what was it, Praetorian foil? Oh, oh god! <laughs> oh man! I have yet to get another one. I can't believe I deleted that one. Oh man. <sighs> I deleted it because I thought they were never going to bring them back. And then all of a sudden, Etheric Light, I'm like, you son of a bitch. That was back before your fusion <laughs> rifle obsession. Oh, God. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to the, the sniper rifles, everybody's favorite toy. All right. The intent for sniper rifles has always been lethality at a distance using a measured approach. There are a few scopes and models of sniper rifles that are pushing the limits of distance and allowing for pretty effective... Twitch combat shooting at what many would consider medium range. These changes aren't intended to remove that style of combat, but they are intended to put the player at a slightly longer ranges for that style to be as effective as it is currently. Changes, and there are a lot of them for snipers. Increased base zoom distance on the lowest range sniper scopes, medium to long range scopes are untouched. Increased base zoom distance on sniper rifles that did not have optics enhancing scope nodes. Hereafter, black spindle, patience and time, steer, still piercer. Exotics. Add two frames of zoom time to base sniper handling. Reduce snapshot perk to 20% benefit to base zoom time, down from 30%. Reduce stability across all sniper rifle stats so that reacquiring target after firing requires more care. And during the stream, I noticed that the second someone took a sniper rifle shot, it's actually a pretty big reduced yeah. stability. And they addressed a bug where Zen Moment would not providing perk benefits to sniper rifles. Zen Moment removed from uncommon and rare sniper grids and legendary Haka stuff and legendary Alamon stuff. No one cares about that stuff. All they care about mm-hmm. is two frames and the short scopes such as uh, short gaze ambush they are now more zoomed i think people are going to start trading this is this is just me and i've been wrong people are going to start trading unflinching for zen moment on the lower sniper rifles the the the, the lower impact sniper rifles because it would that. it would make more sense to have, to have more stability. Right, to have that stability based on doing damage to somebody. Mm-hmm. Where you can two-tap somebody quickly, quickly move to another one, and then two-tap them really easily because of Zen moment. Yeah. I think this is not going to affect skilled snipers at all. Because the, the thing is, like, 
people who are skilled snipers, they aim before they scope in. So the extra two frames really isn't going to affect them at all. They'll just yeah. like two frames is, is really nothing. They did. Didn't they do six frames to shotguns? And that hasn't really changed much. If you're good with shotgun, mm-hmm. you're good with a shotgun. The scopes that might affect stuff, but at the same time, it's, it's the same concept where you're aiming before you even scope in. So that extra zoom mm-hmm. isn't going to affect anything. That's for quick snipe, uh, for quick sniping though. Or yeah. But still, like I, I could quick scope with a long distance scope. It's it's just a matter of putting it and dragging it because of how aim assist yeah. works. Yeah, the only problem is you uh like most people that aren't like super skilled are gonna have uh, a little bit more of a learning curve when it comes to the like just a tiny bit more zoom. It's gonna throw them off. But good set like good snipers are just gonna like get used to it in a little it's in a few days. It's essentially it's their work. way of making snipers be a more skilled weapon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which I'm yeah. okay with, cause yeah, same. The only problem though is they're gonna they're gonna widen the gap of the people that can use snipers. Mm-hmm. And That's it's a pretty. Gonna, thing, it's true. It's gonna, but it's gonna frustrate a lot more people that are, you know, in that medium skill range that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily able to quick snope quick scope right off, but. There's people I go up against that can I barely move and they can quick scope me and I'm dead. Those are the those people aren't going to be affected. It's going to be everyone in that medium range that is decent, and now it's going to be something where they're they're going to have to find something else to play with. There's a large learning curve on fusion rifles. Now sniper rifles are in the same boat. That's how every special ammo gun is and should be though it's it's those who are skilled with it should be good with it and those who aren't should stay to their primaries if they want to stay alive mm-hmm. or or i don't mean this is to be mean but get good scrub i mean you, you, you at That's a true. certain point you have to put time and effort into learning your craft and if it was too easy before and you relied on it being easy and all of a sudden you cannot adjust then that means that you have to adjust for for the change. It's it's as simple as that. You adapt to survive. If you don't, you die. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, true. Uh, in year one, I was terrible with snipers. I never used them. I was a shotgunner. And then year two comes around, I decided to pick up a sniper rifle, and now I am I'm quite uh, handy with that thing. I don't, I don't think many people... Look, maybe it's just me. I don't think people really got into sniper rifles until Trials of Osiris came out. It was around mm-hmm. that time that I started seeing way more people using sniper rifles. Now, I'm not saying that they weren't there, but it's not as common as it was now. Uh, when Because of Trials of Osiris, let, let's just face it, Trials of Osiris changed Crucible forever. The second that, that game mode came out, Elimination, it made people become more conscious about... Uh, different weapons that weren't being used. Everybody mm-hmm. started using Mita Multi-Tool more frequently the second they saw that one stream where the guy was pretty successful with Mita Multi-Tool. And the same thing with Snipers, where, where they realized, okay, I one-shot him, he's dead, I can keep scoping on that body until mm-hmm. somebody and comes I can rest snipe. Right. So that's when things started taking over, where, where Snipers came into play, those people started playing more in Crucible, and now you, that's that's a result of it, where where there was just tons and tons of snipers. Yeah. All over not the- only that, it, the snipers really only like most people just look for high 
high impact snipers because but of their sniping capabilities. Now you don't have to. Yep, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about in a little that mm-hmm. in a little bit. Let's talk about something that's going to change all special ammo all over the all over the board. Rest in pepperonis. Yes. <laughs> Changes to the ammo economy. Oh my. Yeah, so they talked a lot about this in the stream. Uh, basically, the changes that are coming. Special weapon swapping now completely removes all special ammo until Thank more is found on the map. That is needed. I'm Thank happy with God. that. If you're not prepared coming into a match, you don't deserve special ammo. <laughs> they yeah. reduced the total ammo inventory for all snipers by roughly five to seven rounds. Exact amounts depend on a given weapon's magazine and inventory stats. Not to interrupt you, but the first thing I thought of the second I saw that, I was like, Golgoroth is going to be harder now. I was oh, thinking yeah. War Priest. Like, Golgoroth, if you think about it, a lot of times you don't make it through your whole Black Spindle thing. You probably make it through like 15, 16, 17 shots. But War Priest, you put all 21 shots into him every time. Yeah. So that's going to make oh, War Priest at least two two rounds, th- sometimes three now, because you right. won't have the all Zen that Meteor, though, is looking really promising for that reason. It's Zen Meteor is more. not looking promising for that reason. <laughs> Why not? Because, okay, you have a so lot more ammo. We'll, we'll talk about this real quick now that you brought it up before I continue reading the changes, but Zen Meteor's perk only procs if you get rapid kills. So mm-hmm. it's only going to proc if you get... Uh, no, We don't know how many... Well, it's around the clip. I'd assume like four. You only get four mm-hmm. rapid kills. That's when that laser beam perk procs. Laser beam. You, so you know what? You know what this does though, because of the 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 amount of rounds goes goes down. It makes triple tap a more desired perk than true. it was before. Very true. Mm-hmm. Or PVE. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let's go ahead and continue on with uh, the rest of the All stuff. right. So we talk about sniper rifles. Go ahead and go to the shotguns. Reduce the total inventory for all shotguns by roughly five to seven rounds with the Get exact good with primary in. scrubs. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, primaries are going to come prevalent, become prevalent now. That's for sure. And they increase special ammo drop rate in all PVE activities to offset the reduced inventory for shotguns and snipers. It better not be 0.004%. Reduce <laughs> the fraction of amount granted by purple bricks in PVP. This changes affects all machine guns and only a handful of rocket launchers. Rip truth. Mm-hmm. Reduced bonus ammo inventory granted by machine gun ammo armor perk by 33%. So with the total ammo inventory going down for snipers and shotguns, what's that going to do to the ammo perk for, that you can get from your armor? I would, I, I would assume because... Um, it's it's still I, I don't know if it was based off percent. So if it's based off percent, then it would be twenty percent, because I think it adds four on twenty-one. So that would take it now, say you have sixteen, so you'll get nineteen bullets, I'd say, if you have a sniper rifle ammo perk. Yeah, that sounds right, because on my thousand yard stair, I max out at eighteen and then I can Push up to twenty three with yeah, uh, not anymore, man. Boots, yeah. Well, <laughs> I can through the weekend, so I'll be good for now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of okay with with the with the machine gun armor. I mean, I mean ammo. Because let me tell you, 
Just seeing somebody just constantly run around. Like, I turn the corner. Duh, duh, duh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it was like getting hit with last word from an auto rifle. I mean, it was on, that change only com is coming to um, Herod Golden Terminus and just Golden Terminus? No. No, that's coming to all machine guns. Oh, yeah, but the thing is, like, most people, like, in the Crucible, they were using uh Quillum's Terminus right. because of the like but the, the massive because amount most of people ammo yet. in right. the crucible haven't gotten a god roll ruin wake. No, well well mm. we'll discuss Harrow Quillum's Terminus later. Uh, th there's something else that's going on with Quillum's Terminus. Quillum's Terminus. I can't speak. Quillum's Quillum's Terminus. The Terminus of Quillum. Something going mm. on with that one. We'll talk about it later. Let's talk about res sniping. Wes. <sighs> Do we want to talk about res sniping or resing in general? Oh, uh, everything. Both. All right. All so the change is coming to resing, which this is clearly uh, trials focused. Uh, they reduced the interactive radius of resurrection prompt by 0.5 meters. It, it did seem a decent amount closer in the stream. They increased mm. base time to resurrect by 0.25 seconds, which will mean a lot in games like trials. Oh, yeah. Reprioritize overshield so that it takes precision damage modifiers. Previously, it did not, which allows more sniper archetypes to get res kills. Only a few PvE combatants deal precision damage, so aside from a few exceptions, this only affects the PvP mechanic. It's going to suck in PvE when you get headshotted by something with a shield up. <laughs> Adjust resurrection invincibility frames so that the moment a player can move and take damage are more consistent in more networking conditions. And then reduce resurrection time bonus on exotic armor to thirty percent down from forty percent. Oh man! So this was one of those situations where I kind of just like rubbed my head and I was like, "Bungie bliss," because okay, I'm okay with it being a more risk reward to, re to revive somebody. Um, the thing is, because of these changes. A lot of people are going to stop using Crest of Alpha. I, I believe they're going to stop using Crest of Alpha, Loopy, and Light Beyond Nemesis, Nemesis because the whole intention of using those armors is to run through somebody and revive them. Mm -hmm. At least in these game types. Now that you can't do that, what benefit is it really, besides you know getting someone up a little bit earlier, to staying there when it's, it, you're, you become a sitting duck as well? That's the whole point of these, these exotic armors. Um, I think there's still a point to use them because a lot of a lot of resing that happens, at least when I play, isn't running through resing. It's push reses, which are, if you don't know about that, it's basically when you res someone, you push them so that someone who's sitting on them with a sniper gets their auto-aim messed up so they can't just easily hit that revive headshot, which now you'll be able to hit with a ton more snipers. Right. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, yeah, the... 30% resing, if you think about it. So increased base time by 0.25 seconds. I don't know what it was at before. I would assume it was like a second. So now it's 1.25 seconds. So bring that 30% down. Uh, you're looking at like 0.9 seconds versus 1.25 seconds. That's still a pretty huge difference. Yeah, and, and, but you have to also combine the fact that they reduced the radius of a re resurrection. So it makes it... I'm not saying that, that it's completely useless. I don't want people to think that. It, there is mm -hmm. a use for it. My thing is... It's not as useful. It's not as useful. And, and I was... I, 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 could, I could live or die without this. I really could. I think the better word mm -hmm. is it's not as broken. 
Right. My my I I do appreciate that it does like you cannot just run up to somebody and just quickly pick them up because that was getting annoying sometimes. There there would be some matches where it would just be nonstop revive left and right, and by the time you finish, you end up with every person ends up with ten kills, thirty seven revives, and you're just like, what the hell just happened here? (laughs) Like it was getting ridiculous. Um, I've had those games. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, I mean. I'm I'm just what I I, I guess the, the one thing that really that, that I was scratching my head was the big thing is the revive snipe at a certain point you have to give people a chance to move. It it, it, it like you wouldn't you wouldn't even take a step. Like all of a sudden, I'm back. Plow Well I think, go somewhere. That, I think that's what the adjust resurrection invisibility frames invincibility frames are. But I don't know. I still feel like they should have just changed the uh, shoot. What's that? Why can't it animation? Because it literally, it's like your guy crouches and then comes up when literally he could just stand up and you could run. Like that'd be nice. Yeah, but now that now it's just like, as soon as you can move, you can die. Yeah. So just a little bit more time for that sniper to aim on your head. But if he's already there, you're basically still dead. Right. So. Oh, and man, now you can have more snipers that can hit it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, medium, the mediums, man. Uh, they gonna be. I think hereafter is gonna make a big. Oh my god, that's gonna be so I, fun. I don't know. Dude. I would say Defiance of Yasmin will be now the most used sniper because that scope isn't taking any like zoom minuses, so it's still gonna be a very low zoom scope. And the thing about the Defiance of Yasmin is you have an open field of view when you scope with it. I do like that sniper. I've always liked that sniper, and I know a lot of people hate it uh, because. Wait, it, that sniper is going to be able to rest, uh, rest snipe now? Yes. The, oh my god, that's going to suck so much dick. <laughs> there's, there's, it's basically like Praetith archetype is the only archetype that can, yeah. is what Planet Destiny has figured out through their math. But mm-hmm. they have yet to figure out if No Land Beyond is going to be able to. No Land Beyond is such a weird gun. I love no Ampion. No, uh, but it's like I'm not talking about it, the the gun using it. I'm talking about like trying to figure out what it can and can't do. Well, it's, it's, it's so that weird. master with a master perk. It can. I'm pretty sure it can red snipe it, now. Yeah. It can red snipe when you get a kill before, and then you you have the master perk on. Oh man! All <laughs> right, so let let's go ahead and talk about some weapon perks. Oh my god! All right, so I have the storm. Perk now improves no, error like, angle in addition to projectile accuracy so players can see the hip reticle contract as the perk activates. That is courtesy of Datto. Uh, Icarus, <laughs> airborne inaccuracy reduced by an additional 9%. Uh, I was always a huge fan of this for hand cannons. Oh, it's fun, dude. It is so fun. I, 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 people don't give it the love it, that it needs, but it's really a very, very awesome perk i used to mm-hmm. use it a lot um on a scout rifle i had um and i, I kept thinking it was like this would be very good for skolas because i kept doing the jump shoots jump shoots jump shoots uh, to get okay. those critical hits does icarus proc when you um when you have that sperm helmet for the titan yes for, okay when, whenever so, you whenever you're airborne it procs so, if, okay, so, so if that's good Using That's gonna be crazy. Using what weapon does that come on? Uh, Icarus it, can roll on anything, basically. I have yet mm-hmm. to see it on a sniper. I'm not saying it isn't. Isn't it? it 
I can't. I don't think it can I roll those. I think you can only roll primaries, but yeah, it's, right. for nightfalls with airborne, it's a ton of fun. Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah. Using the sperm helmet plus uh, <laughs> or, or the warlock, uh, you know. I, oh yeah, the where they start looking like Princess Peach for a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. Angel of Light. There you go, yeah, whatever. There you go. Yeah. Ankle of Light. All right, and then Aggressive Ballistics got to change. Aggressive Ballistics is a barrel perk that adds the highest damage increase to the weapon when selected and can also roll a handful of exotic and legendary primary weapons. This perk in particular has made balancing a few archetypes very tricky. Bringing up the base damage to a certain threshold will make these weapons with Aggressive Ballistics abnormally lethal for that archetype. This change affects aggressive ballistics on all weapons, and the change's damage increase now asks for a minus 20 stability trade-off rather than 10. Yeah, that's going to make a lot of guns... Uh, shotguns. If you, yeah, shotguns, if you chose to use aggressive ballistics, it's going to be a, lot, a little bit more difficult to handle that recoil. All right, let's go into exotics. Oh, Everybody's God. baby. Holy shit! Oh <laughs> my God. Multi-tool. <laughs> the graph, <laughs> if you haven't seen the graph, go to bungie.net, go to the Destiny Weapon Tuning page from this week's article, and look at this graph because, holy mita. That is the, exactly what I said. The oh. amount of usage is holy insane. Thorn. Stop. Yeah, I'm <laughs> it's pretty a, sure it's the Thorn same numbers, is... Dude. Thorn has got to be that one that just drops off dramatically. <laughs> right before yeah, that, uh, the gray one that's just like, uh, yes. no. It's at 10% on the first week, and then it just drops to nothing. <laughs> I get. I bet that the the gold line, that's last word. It's obviously last word. It yeah. just stays consistently mm -hmm. high. Yeah. All right. So they said, ignoring popularity, we think Mida is a fairly balanced in the global scale of weapons, but I'm not sure many non-Mida users are starting to but I'm sure many non-Mida users are starting to get tired of seeing that name come up in their death screen. Considering the popularity of the weapon, we wanted to preserve how it feels to use, but thought it was best to make it a little less horrible to be on the receiving end. Changes remove high caliber rounds from intrinsic behavior. That sucks for PvE. I hate yeah. that. I hate the fact that they removed that because it made Mida Multi-Tool a good counter against sniper rifles. I'm not saying like, yeah. that you you were gonna get guarantee to not get shot, but I I've I've always been one of the things I always I I liked about Halo was when they made it so that if you got hit as you're aiming down sights, bam you're you're out of uh you're you're out of aiming down sights. You have to reset yourself. And but when they say it's pulling out of intrinsic behavior, doesn't that just mean it's it's going back into the um regular skill tree where you have to unlock it instead of being there automatically no without leveling it, it up i don't think no. they're changing the skill tree it's just um might have had all these little intrinsic perks and high caliber rounds is one of them because it's it was just supposed to be the the multi-tool of weapons mm -hmm. and that's just one of the things they've removed is high caliber rounds. yeah david does have a point though on the hell like this is gonna suck for pve players because that thing used that thing just like it knocks the the ai back and it's just like it's great because you're just like staggering them over and over and over again and now it's just you're gonna be hitting them but they're still gonna be coming at you yeah i i, I personally don't agree with them removing that that perk i thought mm -hmm. honestly there, there's nothing wrong with the mida 
the problem was all the other weapons weren't up to the level. And now that uh, Suros is getting this buff, all these other weapons are getting a buff, and they're changing the way certain things work, I, I think it would have been fine to have left it completely alone. If anything, yeah. the only thing that you, you could have done was to have removed the buff that you gave it back then so that you made those headshots count more because it still would have been the same amount of hits. Four headshots mm -hmm. equals a kill. But you just made it so that it, it makes it more important to make sure that you get those headshots. Mm -hmm. um, and I, the, the high caliber rounds, the fact that you could knock a sniper completely off, you know, aiming out on you, I thought that it was the perfect gun to use to get around those people who are just, they just won't move or they just swear by, by that one spot. It was a mm -hmm. perfect way to dislodge snipers. And, and I'm kind of sad that they removed it. Speaking of Soros. <laughs> Soros regime. Since we added the spinning up perk to this weapon, it has become the dominant playstyle for Soros users. The base damage increase of this archetype made spinning up pretty deadly. We so we pushed out the perk activation activation by four shots. We are hoping to make focus fire option a little more enticing by adding a base range increase on the node. When selecting focus fire along with other range enhancements on the grid. The player can now push the weapon to a max range stat. Mm. Let me tell you, this is gonna be insane. The gun to use for PVE. Let's not let's not let's not worry about PvP. PvE, this is gonna be a sick weapon. It it's it will Soros Auto Scout. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like like the, the focus fire. Even if you even if you swear by the spinning up, the focus fire is going to be so good for PVE that it might put got rifles aside. Well, and okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Does it? Um, shoot, what's the inward lamp hit thirty eights to the head? Uh, no, I don't know. I think it's forty something. I thought it was thirty eight to the head, which would no. put this like barely below that and it's an auto rifle yeah the, I, i'm i'm i have to look it up but i'm i'm almost positive it was 40 40 something so Cyrus is gonna be really really good yep this is gonna bring it back to what it was before the first auto rifle nerf i, I don't I, know about that but it'll bring it up high it'll it, be yeah. close it, it'll be close it, it, it'll it be like mm -hmm. what thorn is now wait thorn is like nothing now though um Pat body kill. He's talking Thoros oh. now, not Thoros after this nerf now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So let's talk about David's baby. Ah, my beloved Hawkmoon. Increased Hawk base Moon. range stat by ten. We talked about this a little bit already, but uh, they basically said that after the last nerf, the weapon was left feeling inaccurate, and its range has been increased to help. Increase the effective range and accuracy. This is really good for Xbox players because it's going to help them start to feel what the Hawkman used to feel like. They'll never get to experience that magic. <laughs> now, the only question I have with this is because when they did the nerf to Hawkmoon previously, they also nerfed Ace Luna. Does it also increase the base range for Ace Luna? No, I don't think so. No. They would have just said AS Luna. But but they never said Ace Luna either last time. Oh. Uh I don't know then. Cause <laughs> if 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 that's the case where 
the range stat goes up by 10 and it affects both Hawkmoon and Ace Luna. And your Ace Luna has range finder. <gasps> yeah, that's going to be... Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ah, Ace Luna. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, because let me tell you, Ace Luna is a very lethal gun right now. You get a very good roll on your Ace Luna. Oh, happy day. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Go back on the inward lamp real quick. The, uh, the armor has the impact at 35. Um, the head? No, I'm looking at just the, the base stat. Uh-huh. So it's at 35. So what Soros' impact? That's what I was just going to pull back up. Um, but the, the the only thing I would say... Oh, wait, there's fruit space. We can't even do that. Yeah, And, and it's what? so weird because sometimes... these They need to change how, how these numbers work. Cause I, I'm already... I'm over how these numbers, numbers I'm work. I'm over it's, fruit space. Like, just make them all comparable. Um, it, it, <clears> well, the, the multi-tool has 38. And the multi-tool hits uh, 57. To... And Jade Rabbit has 61. I'm surprised they didn't change anything on Jade Rabbit. Jade Rabbit's fine. If, if you know how to use that, you can tear people up with that thing. That's my point. <laughs> but a lot of people don't know how to <laughs> yeah, use it. Yeah, but not it. everyone's going to be able to use it. Oh, God. Oh, I know. All right. Just... So how about we talk about the one gun that made Sean Finnegan flip his shit? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're... In uninformed episode again. Torn, 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 torn. The last word. <laughs> uh, in 2.0, we reduced the effective range of the last word, but the hit fire actually and damage increase provided by the last word perk are still pretty strong when working together on this weapon. For the players who have mastered hit fire precision shooting, this weapon can cause two hit precision kills, which is a very fast kill time on a full auto weapon. The to keep this time to kill in line with other exotic primaries where removing the damage increase granted from hip fire, the last word perk still grants generous stability and accuracy when firing from the hip. No bonus damage is applied to the last word perk is their change. And I think this is the stupidest thing they could have ever done. That gun is practically useless. Well, it's like, so here, okay, you have to look at it in a, for a couple's perspectives. One, you have to look at what these changes do to PvE. The last word was already barely worth using in PvE unless you just wanted to have some fun. Now it's pointless to use in PvE. Worthless. It, it, it was definitely an exotic made for PvP. Um, mm -hmm. I'm actually... I, this is the one gun I think we're going to diverge on because I'm actually okay with what they did. The only concern I have is it was meant to be a, a hip-fire gun. The one thing that drew people to make it a hip-fire gun, though, was... The extra damage, and now there's because there's no there's there's no perk, I guess, to have any to either hip fire or or aiming down sights. You're gonna just see a whole bunch of aiming down sights with last word. Okay, here's uh, the thing. I could think of two easy fixes that wouldn't get rid of this though. Fix one: remove aggressive ballistics and replace it with something else. The only way you could two tap was with aggressive ballistics. Fix two. Take down the percent damage increase. Oh my god, would that have been so hard? <laughs> it still would have been a, 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 a three-tap kill, though. So? Yeah. All hand cannons are three-tap kills. There's a point there. I, I, yeah, I, I get it, but the, the, the main reason people used it was because it was a three-tap kill. 
No, the main I mean, reason people really use it was because it was a two-tap kill. Sorry, yes, So get rid of its ability to two-tap without destroying the gun. Uh, it's basically back to what it was at the beginning of Taken King. No, at oh, the beginning of Taken King, the last word was monster. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. If you knew how to use that thing, it was so good. I mean, it, it, it's, it, and it still is the same. It's still very good. It's worse than what it was. It, it, a lot worse. It, it's it's the worst it's ever been. It, yeah. it, it's going to be the worst. But I still think it's very strong. strong. I just... It's so tough to really judge this one because I'm okay if it's a two-tap kill to somebody who has low armor. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it removes the giant damage increase at, what is it, 101 or something like that? It it's a hundred and six to the head if you have aggressive ballistics right now. So so the fact that the, uh, they removed that perk from PvP means that it's, it's it's I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. Think about it like this: if you hit someone in the head, aiming down sight with the last word, it does seventy one damage. You hit someone uh, from close range with a hip fire shot, it does one hundred and six. That means you're getting like what, like a forty percent? No. 71 so you're getting a 50 percent damage increase to hit 106 off that so take it down to 30 percent now someone's hitting 90s okay they're not going to two tap someone i i think the one thing that they should have done too was make it so that they should have reduced ability while aiming down sights more to encourage that firing from the hip because mm -hmm. even aiming down like people are just going to be aiming down sights right now well, people already do aim down sights. It's just you don't get the bonus yeah. damage. But now there's no point to not aim down sight. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's. I mean, besides the whole stability increase, but even then, like. It's, I don't think it's going to be enough. Yeah, it's not enough to actually like do that. The fire. I I personally think people are are going to find a way around it. They're going to make it work. I just I I understand where you're coming from. Where. You want it to be also effective in PVE, and to in, to reward you for being for doing what the hand cannon archetype is supposed to be, which is a precision weapon. Uh, I just think that what they did was good enough to reduce the time to kill, so that it's not overpowered. As, but see, but as long as you make it just a three tap, it's not overpowered. Which is what they did right now. Not from the hip. It's not going to be yes. unless you unless you can hit three headshots from the hip, which is insane to hit three headshots in the row yeah. in a row from the hip. I I I, uh, I, I, I personally think that it, you're going to be fine with it. It's not as good as it used to be. It's, it's so. not as good as it, what it used to be. But what what it used to be was extremely strong to the point where it it it, it made up close encounters way too one-sided and, and, and i'm not saying that to to reduce exotics being exotics but at a certain point when like you turn around the corner pow pow is like i just turned i didn't even see you like like they, they're reducing that 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 feeling of being of it being unfair it's it's, a, it's still a very strong perk i just don't think that they they made a good enough effort to encourage that the use of the the, the hip fire. That's my concern. Is there's no point in in not aiming down sights, 
And the way you could have done that is if you aim down sights and you fire, like all of a sudden it's shooting like even more to the left and the right, a more of a kick. But if you're hip firing, like all of a sudden, like the like the bullets are going in a, it, it feels like a straight line. Bungie proved with this nerf right here that they don't know how to stick to their guns because for over a year they have been saying they would not take dot off thorn because it's what made that gun that gun the hip fire bonus damage is what made last word last word and now it's gone speaking of thorn let's just go ahead and jump right into thorn because this is this is uh, this is proof that the exotics they don't know how to properly balance exotics with both PvE and PvP. Now, it's not that Thorn was a, a big, huge contender in PvE, PvE. People rarely use it in PvE. But Whoa, in year one, everybody used that thing in PvE. Mm -mm. What? Yeah, oh, dude. I saw everybody using that in year one. In PvE? In PvE. Yeah. No, in PvE. PvE. Using it. You, must be, no. you must be hanging with some weird people. That thing was good in yeah, PvE yeah. in year one. <laughs> It was awesome in, in PvE. Uh, it was it was decent. Decent. Best. That thing was the best hand cannon for PvE. Uh, no, it wasn't the hot moon. Oh no, 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 no. Anyway, no. If we're gonna go down that road, then I would say the Fatebringer was gonna be better. Than okay, well, yeah, well, obviously, that's it's a legendary. Anyway, that's has is like it was just like godly. So I, I even brought Fatebringer into trials year one. Uh, um, well, that was a poor choice. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead and talk about. <laughs> Did you go flawless? So go ahead and talk about yeah. Thorn, uh, David. <laughs> All right, Thorn. They reduced damage over time. Tick damage to absolute minimum in PvP, one hit point. They reduced dot duration in PvP to four ticks, so you lose four hit points when you get hit with Thorn. They reduced the intensity <laughs> of two. poison screen oh, yeah, effects right, for the victim to preserve combat effectiveness while poisoned. So basically, so basically, they made Thorn not have dot. It's essentially what they did. Without getting rid of the dot, they made it not have dot. Right, mm -hmm. and, and and I kept I kept saying like Thorn is in a good spot if they did two things: reduce the rate of fire by a tad, and make it so that the headshots were the ones that that gave you the dot. If they <laughs> did that, Thorn would be balanced for PvP. What they did was they. <laughs> Remember how, they, how useless... Their grave so deep that it's never going to come out. Like, no, remember that, how useless Thorn was? Remember, oh my, yeah. Remember how useless Thorn was when, when, when 2.0 came out? It's almost at that level. And the fact that it's still not brought to year 2. And that it's still affecting Crucible balance. The fact that this is the third time that they've had to modify this gun. Means that they've... It, 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 it's... They really don't know how to balance the exotics. That that they know that they're too powerful, and they can't do anything about it. You know what proves? Well, they can do they something about it by making to, uh... a PvP game type that doesn't allow exotics. Eh. Yeah, but they're not yeah. really gonna do that, so. No, but it'd be an option instead of basically option. nerfing a gun into oblivion. If you want to yeah, talk about nerfing a gun to, to oblivion? That... Let's talk about our next gun. Since Thorn sucks, we don't want to talk about it anyway. Icebreaker! 
Increased scope zoom optics to six times. There goes low zoom. Reduced base handling stat to the lowest value for sniper rifles. Good luck running around. Reduced base target acquisition by 25%. Bye-bye auto-aim. Death swapping in PvP no longer allows ammo to persist between swapping weapons. Yeah. Okay with that. So basically, the only thing they could have done worse for Icebreaker is made it so it takes 10 seconds to charge ammo instead of the 7 they brought it to a 2.0. Uh, this is the gun I was talking about nerfing it to oblivion, Alan. Yeah. They really did dig a grave for it. Like three times down to the ground. And they just threw it down there. If they were gonna spit on it. If they were gonna be this this strong with it, they might as well have made a year two version. Cause <laughs> there's there's no point in using it. I feel like <laughs> that they I don't know. I thought if it seems like with these updates, they plan on bringing them to year two. I don't know when, but they wouldn't do Sometimes. this. Well, I guess they would do it if it was still your one weapon since they did it to all of them at 2.0. But. Yeah, I, I mean, because they nerfed it so hard, it, it, they made it so that it's only place to be viable is PvE. Not really. But that's only in old stuff. Only in like, vaults of glass. Like, like if, if you're, if you're <laughs> at a level 40 and above... No, not even that. If you're at anything that's 34 and above, oh god, put that icebreaker away because you you're just not gonna do enough damage. Yeah, it's they killed it. The thing's not gonna do anything. They killed it. Yeah, they they just. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's go quickly through the the next few uh, exotics. It, it was minimal changes at best. Well, we got promise. we got one more big one here, and that's Dreg's Dreg's promise. Dreg's promise. Oh my Which god. Which promises to be a pretty OP gun, it looks like. It's gonna be so fucking It basically, fun. do you remember in Modern Warfare 2, the M93 Raficas? That's what it reminds mm-hmm. me of, watching the stream. <laughs> it's got that, uh, it's got, they basically changed it, so it's got locking uh, projectiles that track, and it's, it's basically got, giving a hit scan without actually giving a hit scan. It's a, it's a pulse rifle sidearm. It's cool. Alright, anyway, go fast. Lord of Wolves, all they did was change ammo inventory to reflect space shotgun. Queensbreaker re- reduced ammo inventory to reflect space sniper, which is weird because the Queensbreaker bro is changed in its, like, fruit space to reflect the fusion rifle, not a sniper. But they changed its inventory based off sniper rifle. That was That's just weird to me. <laughs> Telesto, they did changes that fixed the bug where Telesto projectiles will despawn when impacting friendly players in Wards of Dawn, so now you can have suicide bombers. Oh my god, yeah. Can we like can we all just go into a match with Telestos and get one person to run with after all of us spraying him with the Telesto? I want to be the bomb. Anyway, go ahead, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Chaperone, they fixed the bug that was clamping precision damage on shotguns. Then the thousand yard stare. Um they nerfed its ammo inventory even more above what it was, which base, I really yeah. don't understand. No, but it. they did reveal that it was the most equipped special weapon ever. Amazing. What's the second one though? Uh, I don't know. That's what I don't I'm think they said it. I I can guarantee conspiracy you conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, probably. <Yep. laughs> or fell winters. Ah, not that many people had it though. No, I'm I'm pretty sure it was conspiracy theory since they gave it to you. Yeah, then we got Quilliam's Terminus. The raid machine gun is one of the most lethal and ammo wrench heavies in the game, and now it won't be. 
The changes to it are reduce base stability stat by 9 and reduce base inventory stat by 15. Yay. Um, and then King's Fall weapon set in general, they did Anguish of Dristin has increased stability by 12%. Very That's needed. That's going to be such a yes. good gun, though. And mm -hmm. all King's Fall primaries have increased reload speed. Time for me to break back out my Zalo's Bane. No, the, you, you can keep that right where it belongs in, into, in, as infusion fuel for, for the next gun. But let me tell you, Anguish of Dristan, because of the buff to low, auto, low rate of fire auto rifles and the increase in stability, and on top of that, increased reload speed, I believe that this is going to be a pretty popular gun. Almost to the level, with a good roll. This is just my opinion. With a good roll on your anguish, it's going to be as popular as second fiddle to Suros as Shadow Price was in year one. And what do you think is a good roll? I mean, all three of you guys, what do you think is a good roll for an auto rifle? Crowd control. With, with, the, with that crowd control, yeah. With, with, that, with, the, with the perks that you can get on anguish, crowd control on that gun, uh, because of the base damage increase, a crowd control would do, what, almost 40 to the head? I'm just, I'm just thinking about that, like, yeah, it would be about 38, 39, 40, something like that. Mm -hmm. That thing's going to be strong as hell. Oh, it's going to be fun. Oh, man. All yeah, right. So, we went over the, the big stuff that's changing around with all these guns, inventory. Let's talk about what the changes are going to be for the loot drops, because in the end, this is all we really care about. How are we going to get this stuff? Well, last week we learned a little bit. Uh, we learned that we're going to be getting loot drops um, are going to be increased in regular Crucible, Trials of Osiris, and Iron Banner. In addition to that, we're going to get uh, three... I forget the name of the boxes. Anyway, it's not a... Sterling Treasure. There you go. Thank you very much. Sterling Treasure boxes from the Postmaster, one from completing the weekly Crucible uh, activity once, and one from completing level 41 Prism Elders at least once. So you want to get those to get the new ship. You want to do those to get the new armor. A whole bunch of other stuff. Um, this is where it gets tricky. Because in that box is the armor. And yes, it's only dropping at 3 light and with random perks. That's fine. But there's a chance that these box drop something that will boost your Vanguard reputation. Why is this tricky? Because now you can buy it from Eververse. This is where people are starting to freak out a little bit because this is bordering on play to win. It very potentially could be play to win. Let's say that you boost your Vanguard reputation, which, by the way, is the only way to get, as I mentioned, the year two shadow price or the year two Vanquisher is a Vanquisher 8, uh, Thousand Yard, not Thousand Yard, um, Longbow Synthesis, all the other guns that are coming back from year one, the only way you can get them is from leveling up the Vanguard and the Crucible. I thought it was through Legendary Guns. No, no, they messed no. up on stream. They messed they that messed up, up on stream. Oh, really? Oh, okay, I didn't hear about that. It comes Sorry. from Vanguard packages. Now, it is nice that they're boosting, the, per them, significantly boosting the rep gain, but if you can give even higher with the Vanguard boost, you can go full-on Alan flexing muscles uh, to get extra Vanguard stuff. Yeah, like, it, it, it has... Pumping iron. You, you get all of a sudden, like, 
for the amount of time that it would take me to get, let's say, one or two drops from Vanguard, somebody could get six, seven because they paid for it. That's a potential. I'm not saying that's a, what it's going to be because we don't know how much this is going to boost you up. But mm-hmm. it has the but potential to give you an extra gun. And if everything's random, let's say you get the god roll, all of a sudden you have a god roll sniper that you can use that I all of a sudden got a puny, I don't know, stupid Vanquisher a dookie roll on Vanquisher 8 with exhumed and um, gorilla fighter. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, yeah, can- but here's the thing about about that. It's all random. There's really no ch- like, like right. But chance that you're actually going to get it. It's not, I mean, it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But it's always about I, I use the NBA lottery uh, euphemism. More ping pong balls you have, the better your chances. And this is giving you more ping pong balls. Is the yeah, but... is the earning of the boxes is that per account? So is it three per week per account? Is it three per week? I think it's per, per character. character. Uh, per character, at least. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, it's he per actually, character. He actually is it per character? Yeah, it's per character. Because he brings up a good it... point. Because the what is the weeklies? No, the mm-hmm. dailies are per account. Oh, what, really? Yeah, no, because I get a... No, they're, not. Um, they're, for, they're per character. No, daily completion... I get the per, trials per, passage coin on each character. Right, but but that's different. The, the trials is, is is different. Yeah, trials is different than, like, actual... Like, legend, no, I mean, like I, daily and weekly. You know, like, when you play the daily crucible... Um, oh, I, the thing, daily crucible... You get one place, right? um, trials passage coin out of it. Right, but, but the legendary mark. The legendary marks is, are, are the big things people do the dailies for. And you only get that one per account. Do you? Yeah. I don't believe that's true. I think it's per character. But yeah, I may be wrong. I'm completely not sure. Yeah, it's, it's one per account. Because they didn't want people to have to do it over and over again. You could do, what is it, Nightfalls on all three characters. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you wouldn't get the, the reward. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's... Actually, that he brings up a good question. I'm not sure if it's per character or if it's per account. That's a question we will see answered when on, when this update drops on Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. Yes. Oh wow, that is so close. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Oh, oh I have four days from now. Just saying. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let, let's go into a little bit of PVE. What do you guys think of the Prison of Elders? Because I saw it, I thought it was pretty cool, but I'm kind of concerned that some of these ammo nerfs are going to hurt a little bit. Looks dank, man. I think it just depends on how much they increase those special bricks by. Mm-hmm. I hope it's pretty significant. So, um, I don't know how we missed this, but uh, when we were talking about changes, we didn't mention warlocks. That's right. Uh, do we really have to go into them? Yes. I mean, oh my god, that PlayStation exclusive gear looks amazing. Pretty important. Alright, go ahead and talk about Warlocks, David. Okay, so in general for Warlocks, they improve responsiveness for melee to have a more immediate effect for abilities triggering. And I'm just going to list everything that happened, and we can say our opinions to everything at the end. Uh-huh. For Voidwalker, uh, Nova Bond remains unchanged, but the energy vampire abilities have been buffed in order to put focus on melee and grenade abilities and their recharge. That looked insanely good in the stream. 
Yeah. Stormcaller can no longer kill Titan Ward of Dawn without land or with landfall. Blinding effect has been reduced as well. Increased super drain while spamming arc lightning to reduce wide ranging warlock super rampancy. Perks have been adjusted to prevent the super from lasting too long. Sunsinger. Sunsinger melee flame shield has been reduced and the frequency of regeneration has been reduced. Keep in mind that now with that um, overshield, that melee flame shield, the um, precision shot bonus will apply. Um, Brimstone and Solar Wind have both been buffed with increased damage and knockback, respectively. Fireborn no longer lasts as long, with increased grenade recharge and stronger team buffs depending on what you run. Firebolt grenades remain unchanged. Expect mm. community salt is what they put after it, and oh my, yeah. has there been community salt? It just doesn't. It, it it doesn't make sense why. Because okay, on a perfect build, you can get those those grenades charged really really quickly, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't make sense why it's taken what about one hundred and seventy points from your health. You get hit with one, yeah, and, and, and okay, so they nerfed. Remember the arc bolt grenades when they nerfed those, the range. Yeah, they didn't do the same thing to this. Four well, there's and, so and, many easy fixes. Why don't they do one of them? Like, okay, let's do this. Make it so the tick happens as fast as thorn tick happens. Well, now you're not out of the fight for 15 seconds. You're only out of the fight for 10 seconds. Oh, that's not good enough for you. Okay, let's keep it slow, but make it so it takes one hit point instead of seven. Oh, that doesn't work for you? Okay, let's make it so you can actually dodge the freaking thing somehow. And, well, <laughs> if you're a hunter, you can. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. If you're one subclass with one specific node picked out of nine subclasses, <laughs> it, it's literally like, okay, make it so if you crouch in a certain amount of time, it doesn't hit you. All right, firebolts are fixed. There's a way to get out of them. Well, if you want to talk about dodging stuff and talk about the Titan Smash, you can be so far up in the air and still get killed from that thing. It's it's true. But I digress. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but Hunters and Titans aren't being touched, which is stupid, because Hammer of Soul needs to be fixed. They broke it. And freaking Blade Dancers can't hit anything to save their lives. You're trying to kill one person with all your swipes. It's great. <laughs> and even then, you'll probably be dead before your super even runs out. It's true. Well, that happens to me in Radiance all the time. Yeah. But here's the thing. Radiant skin, is, Radiant skin is going to be a lot more prevalent. Radiant skin with RAM? You will I be actually, rewarded I, for not running self res What's up? I said you will be rewarded for not running self res in your build now. Oh yeah, obviously Nova Bomb, Nova Bomb or uh, Voidwalker looks like. No, no, no. I'm saying when you run a Sunsinger, you will be rewarded for not oh, yeah, running yeah, yeah. self res. Oh yeah. I mean, like right now, even if you run self res, if you don't pull off that self res at the perfect and opportune moment, you're pretty much dead if you're in PV, PvP and three v three. I'll say this, though. Having one Warlock run with Song of Flame and another Warlock with Radiant Skin and he, and the, oh, just man. have the Song of Flame just running behind him, 
It's like, okay, here. He's the tank, and then a mortar in the back. Exactly. Oh my god. It's in. Yeah, you you have a point there. It's insane. Two warlocks together like that, and uh, freaking up. Just like the video that we had on our page. Oh God. The four warlocks <laughs> <laughs> flying through the air. I hope one of them was running Song of Flame because that would have made that thing even funnier. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, so I think we per- we hit that 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 update pretty good. Uh, anything else you guys want to throw in about this update uh, with regards to the sandbox or? Uh, freaking nothing. Manacles look like they're free. They're they got buffed secretly. They did. I'm being serious. They did mention that that it got buffed. Oh, they did. I'm, what? I'm pretty sure scatter grenades got buffed big time. They look insane. That guy was hitting them at the feet, and they were just exploding, just like oh my god. They're this guy. Yeah, everyone's just dying everywhere. It was amazing. Their tracking got updated, didn't they? Yep. Are they mini? Are they mini Galahorns again? I I don't know exactly how much, but I did remember reading that. You're either reading or seeing it. They they said that the tracking on the scattered grenades yeah. was. I didn't read anything about it, so I'm like, okay. I'm not sure. But hi, oh man, hi, friend Mirabella, how you doing? Um, anyway, um, well. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, so since we hit that pretty good, how about we take a little bit of a break? I want to talk to you guys about Mash Those Buttons, the ultimate website for video game snark and commentary by passionate gamers. Who love gaming of all kinds from fighting games to shooters to mmos we cover the latest and greatest and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun check out all the killer podcasts available on mash those buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com all right let's jump into the next topic which is bungie's creative lead cj Cowan leaves and a bit of surprising news bungie creative leave CJ Cowan has left Bungie to announce that his, uh, and he announced his decision over social media. He now lists himself as a story writer for hire. And in his place, it appears that Chris Schlereth, who previously worked on a storyline for Mass Effect and Halo 4, will be taking his place. You guys think, this, think that this was a change long time coming, or was it a response to the ever-changing direction Destiny took before its launch almost two and a, two to three years ago. Long time coming. Yeah, I, think I agree. Yeah, yeah, it was bound to happen sometime. And with with them hiring... Um, New CEO? Yeah, I think that was their plan to bring him up to speed before CJ um, parted ways. Yeah. Because- I mean, the other thing you have to look at is when your story is getting as much crap as Destiny's story has gotten, and you now belong to a company like Activision, something's going to happen. Because <laughs> let me tell you, as good as... Uh, uh, okay, not good. As, as hood. As hood, because it was gangster. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the story got <laughs> better for Taken King, there's still still so much of it that is not in game and that's that's <laughs> not the story writer's fault per se but at a certain point like write it into the game yeah write it just like put it in there somewhere because some kind of kiosk like they had in halo in the game would be better than what they've got right now 
Well, like, like not even like. Remember those little when when we were doing the story mode, we're taking King. There would be those brief, especially when you were doing, say, the one uh, was it was it last rites, <laughs> where you go into uh into Crota's end. No, in, in into Crota's end. I forget the name of that one. Yeah, it's last rites, I think. Okay. Yes. So you're yeah. you're going into Crota's end, and before you start that mission for the first time in regular story mode. It would come up with that little graphic where, like, it 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 wasn't intensive like CG, but it was like it was drawings and stuff, right? Like, it looked cool. Those they could have done more of those involved it in the story because once you complete the main story campaign, there's nothing story like additional story. Hey, if they gave us a grimoire for that in in Destiny Two, and like it played little things like that. Holy shit. That would be cool. Cause, That'd be really, really cool. Because I, I want to see more stuff like that, and I also want to see kind of those those cutscenes that now you can skip. Those cutscenes that were involved <laughs> in year one. Like a lot of those stuff were cool. Interactions between characters. I wanna interact like see my character interact with Osiris later on. Like the, yeah. my character actually talk because if you guys notice, your character talk doesn't say a word. A word. He says one word. No, he doesn't. Your character what? does not say a single word in Taken King. Oh, in Taken King, yeah. In Taken but, King, but... your your character doesn't say a word. I'm pretty sure he it's... says a word the entire story. It's just at the reef, no, isn't he... it? Isn't that the only time he says anything? No, he no he says when a he co- meets the queen. When he meets the queen, no. he's talking. When yeah, when when it. when you're at the uh, the first the woke in the hive, he's like uh, the ghost says there's nothing left. Uh, oh no, you your character says there's nothing left. Not even. Um, when yeah. when he's talking oh, and when he's talking to the stranger, he talks. When yeah. he's talking to the stranger, there's there's a couple other moments where he's actually talking, where your character is talking. Much but they probably just lost that voice actor when they lost English. Right. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I I kind of want to see my my guardian talk more because now everybody knows me as the guardian. I'm the one who stopped Oryx. I'm the one who stopped Crota. I'm the ones who defeated Times Conflux. But here's the thing: they they're trying to keep it more like. Uh, Link type character when you don't really like talker. Like, I'm tired of that philosophy. I really am. Do you honestly feel that you're in the shoes of Link because he's not talking? <laughs> oh hell no. Okay, so then that whole philosophy is dumb. It's easy to know connect. It is dumb, it's but it's just like a thing that they put into this. But it's, it's easier like to connect there. to the character when they have story, and when a character's talking, they automatically have more story than when they're standing there letting oh, yeah, a little yeah. floaty bulb talk for them. Exactly. Like, don't get, I actually not. like Ghost, and I want to see interaction between your character and Ghost. And Ghost? Yeah, that's Well, there's so much in the grimoire about iconic ghosts and their guardians and the interactions between them. And we mm-hmm. don't have that at all. I mean, one of, yeah. one of the funniest moments in, in Vanilla Destiny was when your, your character called Ghost Little Light. And he was yeah. like, don't you. Like, that was, it was a small moment, but I actually laughed a lot when I when I heard that the first time, I was like, yo, you got punked out. And, <laughs> well, and, it could add to every story if they just put a little chat scene between you and your ghost at the start of it. Right. And, and I, mm-hmm. I really hope that, you know, CJ Cowan, I mean, no offense to him, but with, his, with him leaving, that Chris Schlereff involved, gets involved and says, look, this is what we need for story. This is how it needs to be done. We need to involve this more. You guys are getting a beating on social media, in everything, because of the story, this needs to be done. We need to involve the Grimoire in here. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no two ways about it. 
And at a certain point, I also besides your guardian, I'm not saying that make it like it was in Halo Five where uh, you only played the, the Master Chief for like what thirty percent of the game. The rest is Spartan Lock or whatever. Uh, like mm -hmm. like the, give us some moments where we're doing a mission as say one of the uh, one of the Iron Lords protecting um, Earth or the last city, Battle of Twilight Gap. Like, involve mm -hmm. some of those characters, because that's what adds rich story. That's what adds context to these places. And right now... Or Like, right now, we have no context to these places. Why are we... I think we... it'd be great to be... to go on the story of Saint-14. Hell that yeah. That is an amazing storyline, just in a grimoire. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm dying. Speaker, father. I hope we get to meet Saint-14, because if you notice... The last spoiler alert: Saint fourteen was you've had a year. Was yes, you <laughs> you had all this time. You screwed. Saint fourteen. I have no time to explain. Saint fourteen was on the on par with Osiris with regards to the speaker. Like they were the two. They're basically father son. Right. So like when Osiris left and went to Mercury. To do his nonsense, like the last thing that Saint Fourteen was told to do was follow him. Osiris is is going and in, in, in affecting stuff with regards mm -hmm. to the uh, to, to the Vex. Big stop him, and like I want to interact with the Saint Fourteen. I want mm -hmm. there to be some sort of like thing where it's like you have to choose between Saint Fourteen and 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 Osiris, and you know both of them. Or kick ass, and they can. Oh my god, that would be so cool! And I hope Chris Schlereth adds that because a story like that, where you kind of have to, you're forced to take a position, and it kind of mm -hmm. changes. Which is <gasps> replayability, oh and is something that Mass Effect something that Mass Effect is famous for, like taking positions, like changing the story, like that mm -hmm. is something that would be cool. Or, infamous type shit. And the thing I, is, we have would. three characters, so that you can play through every option. Right. And yeah. and and yeah, I mean it, it would be cool to take a side to see like what would what happens if you go this way. It still ends like it'll end up in the same part, but like it's cool to like kind of take a, a side, you know, side mm -hmm. quest where like you do different levels that you cannot do if because you took this side. Yeah. It adds so much more to do it's it kind of forces you to have more than one character and if they gave you three options and hey guess what three characters now you're forced you to choose none now you're now you're forced to do all three characters to play the entire story all of a sudden mm -hmm. you got to do a lot more stuff a lot more quests all this oh my god because you're reasonable yeah, things that quests makes... on your other characters right and it makes <laughs> it brings in some of what makes final fantasy and that whole um, genre great into a game that is missing a whole lot of story and I think would add a whole lot more depth yeah. to the game. Absolutely. I think if we for this <laughs> game though, they can't really do that. I think if we keep going into story, Destiny this is too. Be four hours long. Yes. <laughs> What's up? I said if we keep going into talking about what Destiny could do with their stories, it's going to be like four hours long for a podcast because oh, yeah. there's so <laughs> much that they need to fix. Oh, yeah. It's true. It's, it, it, it's true. It's true. It's damn true. Um, but I, I, I don't know 
where this leaves the game with CJ leaving and Chris taking over because this one not really that like different. Destiny Two is gonna no. Be I don't even them. think you'll see it in Destiny Two really because he's not there yet, and I guarantee no, you Destiny Two. Chris, Chris is Chris came in specifically for Destiny Two. Did he? Yeah, they they mentioned that in in, in his in the press release, or not not That's why well, not the press release, the... but like the different news stories. So you're telling me they they didn't start writing Destiny Two until recently because that kind of worries me. Uh, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if he was already working on it. No, they probably have the bare bones like stuff, but they don't have the script written. He's no, a script writer, I, isn't he? I, 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 I'm, I'm almost positive he, he's, he had already been working on it on the side. Okay. Because you cannot come into a project like Destiny 2 and not have been involved by now. He's Bungie's side bitch? Well, like a lot, a, a lot of these, like, for example, Mass Effect, all he would have had to do by now would have been minor edits or whatever. Like the new Mass Effect coming out. So with him coming in, like he would had already been writing stuff on the side. It's like, look, this is like uh, I see what you guys want to do. Let's here. Let, let me give give me this. Uh, I'm gonna outline stuff and, and like send it to you. Now that he's directly involved, he's like, okay, now I can take full reins. Bing bang boom. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Go ahead and, and do this for art direction. Go ahead and do this for like he's gonna be full on working with these different teams now. But like the, awesome. the the bare bones, like like the structure of the story where it's going, I'm pretty sure he'd already been working on that by by now because the amount of stuff, the minor editing that he would have had to do for Mass Effect. I mean, by that time, it, it, by this time, it should all be more technical. Mm-hmm. So for the next expansion, I don't think really there's going to be much change because they've been working on that for a while now. And he was he wasn't there during that time. I don't I don't think he's he's as involved in the next expansion. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did give a couple points that they fine tune yeah, that they fine tune certain things to yeah, make just little edits here and there. Right to make it the the story more more cohesive. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of the reason why it got pushed. I hope I hope so because let me tell you. Yeah. I, I, the the story did get better. It did get better in in Taken King, but it's not at the level that people want. People, it's not Mass Effect, obviously. People keep wanting World of Warcraft in terms of interactability and 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 feeling and story, and they get that in games like Final Fantasy of uh, what is it fourteen? The on the the is it fifteen? Fifteen that's coming out this year. Yeah, okay, 15, then then it's fourteen, the online one. Um, yeah. Where they, where there's just a lot of do a lot to do. You understand why things are happening. In this one, all you know is a massive guy wants to take over the, the universe, <laughs> which is is as simple as you can get in terms of a story. And actually, side note, did you guys was is it just me or did Oryx start saying a lot more trash in that last story mode for Regicide? Yeah, he talked trash to you. He's like, getting mad at you. Right, but he, like when I did regicide, the, the very first time, like he 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 rarely <laughs> said anything. And like when I did, when it was the story, uh, the daily, like he was like, "What you call oh, uh, what you call darkness? I call freedom, or something along those lines." I never heard that before until it was until recently. Maybe well, it was probably there. Maybe, was it? Yeah, you probably just weren't paying attention. I guess probably, or unless un- it, it probably was that I was doing. Too much damage to him that it, it it skipped around. You know you can you can make it so he will teleport with black spindle if you have weapons of light as soon as you walk into that final room. Yeah, 
Dang, really? That, yeah. That's pro- that's probably why I didn't hear it then. You can you can get him out of that room and take you to the teleport zone in like ten seconds flat. Yep. Oh my god. So why don't I use black spindle? It's ridiculous. Because you, you're a noob. Anyway, it's moving on. Well, thanks, Master P. So yeah, I, I hope that this is a good direction for Destiny 2 and the game going forward. But let's take another little break, and I kind of want to go in a different direction here. My game of the week recommendation is actually going to be for the end of the month. I'm calling it Star Fox Zero. It looks to be very similar to Star Fox 64, and it looks to have multiple control options leading to multiple playstyles. I looked at it. It looks really, really cool, and I recommend that you guys check it out if you have a Wii U do you guys see that stuff for Star Fox Zero by any chance? Nah. <laughs> no. Oh my god. So there, there's there's the, the last video that I showed. It looks like they're fighting in they're fighting in space, but it looks like they're fighting uh, uh, right next to a giant halo ring, um, which is like a uh, like an observatory or some sort of colony or whatever. And you're fighting like it lo- it's like all all range mode, and you're fighting like in Star Fox Four. And all of a sudden, Pigma comes in, and you have to fight him. I'm so excited for that game, and I actually might take a break from Destiny for like a week or two, kind of like he what did. I did for Mortal Kombat. I know, kind of like what I did for uh, Mortal Kombat X last year. Nice. And uh, I am really, really excited for this game. I, I hope, I hope, and hope, and hope, and pray that it doesn't blow the big one, because I am a huge <laughs> fan of Star Fox, especially the very first one, the first one, Super Nintendo. Oh my God. Anyway, back to the, the actual show. All right. We talked about the weapon balancing. We talked about rewards hopefully getting buffed. We talked about the potential controversy. CJ Cowan leaves. Let's talk a little bit about our favorite moments from our time with Destiny and our not-so-favorite moments from our time with Destiny. And I kind of want to bring this in because... There's a lot of times that we talk negatively about this game. Hell, in this in this episode alone, we kind of <laughs> bash them a couple times. But I kind of want to bring up moments that we really enjoyed. And yes, one of the big things everybody brings up is raids, but I'm, I want to look at it more like the game as a whole, not just raids, because raids are fun. One of my favorite experiences in the game, and this is going to sound weird, is the very first time you got into one of the one of the wars, a public event war. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest experiences was in House of Wolves when you're at Skywatch and you have a war breakout and at the same time, in the same area, the wolves drop down and you're just surrounded by mm-hmm. chaos. And you're, yeah, you're, you're getting blown up by, by Urzok the Hated. You're getting blown mm-hmm. up by captains. You're getting blown up by the ship. And you're like, oh my god! Everything's just coming down on you. It was, it's so much fun. And I hope and I pray that in Destiny 2 they introduce more of these moments in the actual mm-hmm. storyline so that you feel like you're in the middle of a giant battle, an epic a- event. Because there's no other moment besides... Uh, there's nothing else like that Except now when the Taken come out at the same time that the war comes out. Mm. In, in the storyline, like, I, I hear all these, these things like... like I, we saw the giant sky battle cinematic. But there's no comparable thing in game. You have, yes, you have, there's, there's times where there's lots of enemies and stuff. But they're all in front of you. But in Skywatch, they're literally all around you. You're getting yeah. surrounded. And th- those, that's, that's 
that's when I feel that Destiny is at its best, when there's a lot of chaos and you're fighting with the team. There's, there's, it's not like press a button and activate a switch to do damn. No, it's you and your team using all your abilities, kind of like the one Grimoire card that they had for the the Crimson Days, where it was just those two guardians fighting, fighting with uh, against the enemy, reviving each other, working as a team to continuously beat back the Cabal threat. It's the same concept here, and it's one of those things that I I, I hope that they bring more of because it's one of my favorite moments. Well, it would be nice to have that kind of experience, but inside one of the story missions, mm-hmm. but where it's not locked behind a an area where all the other people in the world that may be there mm-hmm. get pulled out of your instance. You know how if you're in the um, strike where you um, go down and... Uh, fight dark blade but you start out in a common area of the dreadnought mm-hmm. you can see other people are there but as soon as you go down towards the founts everyone disappears mm-hmm. it'd be nice that if you're in that part of the story mission you still can go to an area that other people can help you on to where it's bringing more than just the three people in your fire team so it brings a whole nother level of interactability um, yeah, you know, kind of like when you you people try to go to the uh, Court of Oryx, and if you can try to get somebody to give up their fire team over there, and you get six people that you're all in the same party with, all doing Court of Oryx together. Mm-hmm. That's one of the coolest things about the Court mm-hmm. of Oryx. What about uh, you guys? Uh, what what are some of your favorite moments besides like obvious the obvious one, the raid? Um. For me, it would be going into the Nexus strike for the first time with a couple with two of my friends, and my friend had just unlocked the Striker Titan ability to um, I think it's the falling from the sky one. I forget death from above. Death from above. Yeah, he just unlocked that, and he was trying to figure it out. And we were on the part where you're about to get to the Nexus, but there's like all those Vex, like just sitting in one place. And he just goes up and wrecks all of them, and we just start freaking the hell out. And we're like, what the fuck? What's going on? Holy shit. And it's just like, that was one of my favorite moments of Destiny, honestly. It was just figuring out, like, new abilities for the first time and just going into new uh, new territories. Mm-hmm. It was fun. What, what about you, Patrick? I would say my f- favorite moment was being able to go and do the individual side quest for the new um, subclasses. Okay. Getting to get more of the story behind it, especially the Hunter one. Um, mm. I think that was a really nice addition to the game that really brought more understanding of where all the stuff actually comes from. Mm-hmm. And it's not just something that we're force-fed, hey, here's another subclass, go learn it. Yeah, have fun. Side note to jump on that, I kind of wish that they would bring that little extra area where the lower heavy would be to PvP, and they added that to uh to the map. To Pantheon, because that makes that area usable. Usable. Uh, the, nobody goes down there unless it's it's heavy ammo. It's very rare that you will uh, you will have teams fighting there, and if you had that area there. In addition to be usable, there's a lot of stuff you could do. Having grenades thrown to the middle, you know, fighting people 
or, or, or using that as a sniper point. But as it is right now, that lower area, it's just one long hallway or whatever. And I think mm -hmm. adding that small area that, that's in there on that mission would add a, a, a slight dynamic to shake up Pantheon a little bit because it's too linear. <laughs> yeah, it's three straight lines. Yeah. What about you, David? What's, your, what, what's a favorite moment of yours? Uh, well, the quest-specific missions were definitely one of my favorite moments. But out of all of Destiny, I have to say... My favorite moment, and it's because I got more excited over a video game than I've ever gotten ever, was we all know I have terrible RNG. Like, I am the epitome of terrible RNG. Yes. But my what? first time know. ever going flaw. Well, first of all, we got super hyped, me and the two people I used to play with in year one. First time we ever go flawless. I think it was on the second week. And we were going nuts about that, right? We go back to the tower and you had those packages that you could um, get from him. My five win package dropped Gallahorn and I had not had one yet. And I oh. flipped out so hard. It wasn't <laughs> even funny. I forgot about those packages. Yeah. So it was just like the combination of first time going flawless, which seems I like a funny gone. thing to get excited over now because it's just kind of like a consistent thing. It's like, oh, you want to go flawless? Okay. Oh, we went flawless. But that combined with Galhorn, it's kind of a cliche because everybody used to get so excited over that. But that I have yeah, never I got gotten it around more the same time you did. Beginning of House of Wolves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got it from a from the freaking Tannic Strike, and I freaked the fuck out. It's insane. <laughs> so, so let's talk about those moments that you kind of uh, are just—I don't know. <laughs> like for me. It's not really a moment per se, but it's something that's always irked me about this game. And it's it's what I call the Call of Duty symptom, where you push forward, clear out enemies, and you just keep pushing forward, and all of a sudden, like, you're in the next area or whatever, and, and, and whatnot. There's no, there's, there's no incentive to, 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 I mean... Look around? Yeah, well, look around or whatever. But one of the one of the missed opportunities I, I have that I see in this game is there's not there's nothing that that pushes you forward. Yes, you can go forward and, and completely skip everything, and that's kind of one was well, something that hurts me a little bit. But there's there's no disincentive to staying back and also clearing out everything as well. One of the things that I, for example, in the missions, like you would clear out everything, everything's dead, and you're just like, okay, haha, I pick up all the ammo and then I move on. There's nothing behind you that kind of is pushing you forward. And something like that in strikes, like, for example, Omnigul, you can stay back in that one room without any penalty for the most part. If there were enemies constantly spawning from behind you, and I'm not talking about exploding thralls, but like full-on knights. Ogres. Right. I mean, there's only <laughs> one strike that there's something there that kind of pushes you forward. And that would be the Nexus Strike, where if you decided to stay yeah. up top, a, a Minotaur will spawn behind you. Yeah. And, like, if there was, if the penalty was just one Minotaur, then you guys would take it out real quick and then just keep sniping on, 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 on the Nexus. But if it was five Minotaurs... I was going to say, if it was going to be, like, two or three, like, all of a sudden you have incentive to go down there. You, because you're going to get destroyed. If it's two or three... That one Minotaur was strong enough because it was a it was a yellow bar with shield. Yeah, but even imagine even imagine like this would have to be a new strike. But imagine if they did a Vex strike, right? And 
you go into the Vex world basically, and you're running towards the end. And as you run towards the end, it's the ground behind you disappears. You can never go backward because it just disappears. Right. Uh, the, the fact that you can go backwards too much is, is one of the things that's always irked me because mm-hmm. it, 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 you just clear out things and then you move forward, you clear out things, move forward, but there's nothing behind you that is pushing you to move forward. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think that, that that's it, an incentive to, you know, to, to to freshen things up instead of just camping one area and blasting everything. Yeah. I, I, really, the only thing that, the only actual thing that I could think of that pushes you forward is the that new uh, mission where you go into um, where uh, Crota's soul crystal thing was and then like, oh yeah, there's a freaking ogre behind you. Oh, I love Crota. that. That Did you realize that that ogre chases you all the way down? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I actually like went kind of slow and started killing everything. I never realized yeah. he got to that last area in the Chamber of Night. The yeah, they, and he just like he pops in, he's like, Ugh. right, and he's immune. Mm-hmm. He's completely immune. And and and, and I I, I kind of wish that there were more. There was more of that because that was kind of cool. The fact that he's like, there's too many of them. Run! Yeah. They're literally yeah. behind yeah. you. They're literally the reason why you have to move forward. Yeah, and that's part of that uh, black spindle um, quest where you go into the alternate area and it's yeah time that's part of the black is, spindle. yeah you know that's one of the best parts of that whole mission is because you know you have to push forward you've got to keep going or else mm-hmm. you're not going to get the reward at the end which is a great carrot on the stick kind of idea right that's um, definitely one of my, my favorite opinion. moments and another one black spindle first time yep so much fun Mine is yeah. getting the Crux of Crota for the second time when my friend that played every day for multiple hours a day never got it at all. Oh, God. Runner who still doesn't <laughs> have a Crux of Crota? This guy. And guess who got a Crux of Crota last week? Yeah. This. I got two Crux of the Crotas uh, the second week. You know what? That I right, got we're back moving from on. My... All right. Next topic. <laughs> all right. So, uh,. How about we go into messages from the reef? And David, go ahead and pull, pull out the questions from our audience. All right. So first two questions, we kind of went over when we were talking about the weapon balances, but I'll read them off anyway. You guys can just kind of give like a quick little answer to it. First one comes from Robert Wentz. Will fusion rifles become super popular in PvP? Yes. Potentially. Because Very I, high chance. I think that people are still... This is not to say that they're not skilled gamers, but there's still that that sense of I just destroyed you by pressing a button like because I got you got too close with shotguns. Shotguns aren't going anywhere. They weren't touched. Um and full auto shotguns are very very effective. Invective, Silence of Arn. Those those guns are very effective at a decent range when you just hold down the trigger. That's not to say that fusion rifles aren't good, or that they they there won't be more fusion rifles. But I still think people are still stuck on that old way of shotguns. Though the because shotguns and snipers took a huge hit to to ammo, nothing happened to fusion. This will encourage more of the fast fire fusions at close range, and the stability perk is going to be good for 
mid to higher impact fusions at longer ranges. All right. Second question comes from Luis Gomez. Do you think the last word needed to be nerfed? He thought it was fine. It's a pretty polarizing topic. Did it get me heated again? <laughs> I, I, I think it really depends. We answered that earlier in the podcast. I, I think it all depends on whether it was your go-to gun or not. Whether you feel that last the last word was a necessary nerf. It wasn't my go-to gun, but I didn't hate it. I just think yeah. that it's stopping power up close with the, the two taps was too strong. Yeah, and I mean, it was unrivaled. Right. So in that sense, I can understand why they nerfed it. Now, we still need to play it to, to give you a, a, to give a full idea of what it's like. And I still think it's going to be very effective. And that's not to say that it, 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 was a, it wasn't a strong nerf. But I still think that you're going to be pretty effective with that gun. Just ask that question on the next podcast again. Right. <laughs> my, see, my, <laughs> my thought on it, did it need to be nerfed? Yes, it needed to not two-tap people. Did it need to be chopped up into a billion pieces and buried all over the earth? No. No, it didn't. I agree. That's not that bad. It's not Icebreaker. Right. It's pretty close. No, Icebreaker was completely dismantled, burned, and thrown in a pit of lava. Just <laughs> fun. All right. Third question comes from Hayden Martz. Soros regime, is it beginning a new reign of terror? Regime of terror? Reign of terror? Le regime. Reign. Le regime mm. of terror. Yeah. Is it, does, nice it, does it got it? Nah. I, um, I think it's going to be able to rival some of the other guns that are currently at the top of the PvP meta right now. I don't think it's going to be the top gun, but I think it's going to be a, a more viable option for people that are looking for something other than hand cannons or scout rifles. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll enter the meta, but it's not going to take over. I think uh, Dank's Promise is probably going to be super fucking... No, people are going to use it. Doesn't mean I, keep, I keep hearing people say that, but that was the same thing that people were saying with regards to... Uh, what was it? Oh my god, what's the name of that auto rifle? Monte Carlo? No. The Amalon exotic one. Now that it's Amalon anyway. Uh, oh, hard light. Yeah. And I, I, I don't see it as... It's not as prevalent as, as people thought it was going to be. So True, but the, I, some people are actually really good with it. Right. I, I'm not shutting it down, but at the same time, I'm not about to sing its praises. Yeah, I'm going to be using Dank's Promise so much because sidearms are amazing and yes. Just yes all over that. Alright, so last question comes to us from Mike Perry and then we're going to do this, it's a two-part question so I'll read the first part each of you give a short little response and I'll read the second part and... Thanks Perry. Thanks Perry. Thanks Perry. Alright, so first part what is the emotional state of the Destiny community after all the new content and updates have been revealed? Salty. Jorge? Gassy. Gassy. <laughs> Patrick? Um, <laughs> I think it's one of elation mixed with frustration. I think That's they're getting they're... something new, but it's not exactly what people wanted. Yeah, I think unsatisfied mm -hmm. is uh, it's the right answer. And the second half. 
Is this enough to last you personally the 16 weeks? Or do you think we're going to see another drop before the fall expansion? Not enough to last us the 16 weeks per se, but it'll uh, it'll get us through. And there's not going to be anything in between. There may be like a small like update, but besides, it's not going to be the size of the April update. Uh -huh. <laughs> and just think of House of Wolves. That's the no, exact I, thing that I know. is going on right now. House of Wolves I know. is May. Yeah, that's a whole extra month. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was the end of May too. Oh, rest in Okay then. This is this is me being optimistic. I think there might be a strike and a couple missions that might come later on that'll introduce the new expansion. Oh, maybe. But uh, that's just me being very optimistic. I honestly, I I think this is it and. Strikes are coming. Man, I don't know if this is going to be enough because sixteen weeks of of destiny. Well, not not destiny, but the sixteen weeks of the, the prison of elders. Yeah, that is not enough. I mean, I it's it's going to be like a bunch of different modifiers, but still, it's only a few enemies, and we we need like another yeah. another crucible map. Because the last one we got was who was shit, right? Um, and it's been so long since the Crucible map. Was, yeah. And at least by now, last year we got several different Crucible maps. Yeah. Yeah. They actually they might introduce another Crucible map. I mean, last time they didn't tell us that it was going to be in there. That's kind of what I'm hoping for, based on what they. Uh, it, just, it was just kind of there, and then they announced it. Um. Was it Bungie or Deej that tweeted that we didn't reveal everything, only the patch notes will reveal everything? Right. Yeah. That was, he also said that for this one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For this one, he said that the Tuesday so, patch notes will reveal all. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it may be an opportunity for them to bring SRL back. I know there's a lot of people that may not like SRL. They're not going to bring um, it back next week. I, I, no, I, I'm not talking about next week. I'm talking about over the summer. You know, as a, a they might. An, an opportunity maps. to give people to two more maps, something else to do. <laughs> but you know, I enjoyed SRL. Oh, I had so much fun in SRL. Yeah, more things to do. Yes, that was, it, SRL was definitely a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. All right, so uh, I think we're at the end of the show. What do you guys think? Sounds good. All right. Well, we thank you guys for listening to In Orbit. We're available on a ton of platforms, so make sure you guys are spreading the word. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. Make sure that you guys also listen to our sister stations here on the Mash Shows Button Network. We have Double Tap, our fighting game podcast, the first week of every month. We have WoW Talk, which is opposite every other week of Watchpoint, our Overwatch podcast. Wild Talk is obviously our World of Warcraft podcast, and Watchpoint, as I mentioned, the Overwatch podca podcast. And of course, we're in orbit this every other week as well, your Destiny's resource. We're available on Twitter at MTBSite. Uh, that's M as in Mary, T as in Tom, B as in Boy, Site, S I T. We're on Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, YouTube.com slash Mash Those Buttons. 
David, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash dsbolt. I stream basically every day, except Thursdays, except uh, coming up soon, I want to school, so I'll be streaming every day, mornings and nights. Then you can find me on Twitter at ds underscore bolt. Alan, where can people find you at? You can find me streaming on Twitch on April 12th uh, through the the, 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 until the next update or expansion uh, at Escalante on Twitch. And you can find me on Twitter at Escalante98. And Patrick, where can people find you at? Pretty much playing Destiny with the Technotrome clan mates. Um, (laughs) I don't stream, so I don't have anything on Twitch, and I actually don't have Twitter up and going yet. Um, But I am on Facebook. It's Patrick Michael McDermott. So as he mentioned, we have the, Adam. as we as he mentioned, <laughs> we have the Technodrome Collective. We're available on Xbox One and PlayStation Four. Everybody's more than welcome to join. You're interested in joining the Technodrome Collective and having people to join. Say your old clan is disbanded, or you just don't have anybody to play with, or you're new, or you just don't like them, or you're a new player. Send a message to the Technodrome Collective at gmail.com for further information. Once again, that email is thetechnodromecollective at gmail.com. As I mentioned, we have Xbox One and PlayStation Peeps. So on behalf of David, Alan, and Patrick, my name is Jorge, and we thank you for listening to episode, what is it, 22? Sounds right. Yeah. Damn, really? I think it's, it, we, 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 we're, we're, we're getting up there in age, peeps. We're getting up there in age. It's older yep. than me. Speak so, for yourself. So we thank you for listening <laughs> to episode 22. That balance, though, when Bungie gets crazy with loot and shoot. That was easy. <laughs> Get ready for the new goodies to come here on April 12th. And as always, we'll see you starside on the next mission. Later days, guys. Yos. We'll see you starside. Peace. Bye.